No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Divorce is one of the hardest things a person can go through, and today we'll see where Moses instructs the children of Israel concerning it. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Deuteronomy chapter 24 on Simply the Bible. Today we come to one of the most controversial subjects in Scripture, and that is divorce and remarriage. We pick it up in Deuteronomy chapter 24. When a man takes a wife and marries her, and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some uncleanness in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand, and sends her out of his house. When she has departed from his house and goes and becomes another man's wife, if the latter husband detests her and writes her a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, or if the latter husband dies, who took her as his wife, then her former husband, who divorced her, must not take her back to be his wife after she has been defiled For that is an abomination before the Lord, and you shall not bring sin on the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Now, this law has been very controversial, and one of the reasons is that it was considered by some to be a liberty, a commendation even, of divorce, rather than what it really is, which is a regulation of of a practice that was already occurring. Moses didn't initiate the certificate of divorce. He gave regulations regarding it. It was already happening. And a man could write the certificate of divorce, give it to his wife, and and put her away, and then she would be basically cut off from that relationship. Um, But the problem was she could go marry somebody else, and then he would write her a certificate of divorce, or he would die, and then she would try to go back to her first husband. And Moses says, no, uh-uh, that's not going to happen. That's going to bring sin on the land if you do that. And why is that? Well, probably because it would make it that much easier to justify adultery. You say you could have an adulterous relationship, and then uh, if it didn't work out, go back to your first husband. And Moses said, uh-uh, that's, that's it. If you commit adultery, then you're basically burning the bridge on that relationship. If he writes you a certificate of divorce, then that's it. You're not going back. Now, the reality is, is that God hates divorce. The Lord spoke through the prophet Malachi, Malachi 2.14, saying, You cry out, why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I'll tell you why. Because the Lord witnessed the vows you and your wife made when you were young. But you have been unfaithful to her, though she remained your faithful partner, the wife of your marriage vows. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty says the Lord of heaven's armies. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your wife. 
You see, God was a witness to the vows they made to each other. And the guys couldn't just put away their wives for whatever reason. Somebody younger and prettier comes along or whatever and think that it was all okay with God. Now, even though God said this through the prophet Malachi, by the time it got to Jesus's day, there was still a controversy going on between two schools of rabbinical thought. And one said that the uncleanness that Moses mentioned could mean most anything. She didn't make your eggs the way that you liked, or maybe she couldn't have children. And so you found some uncleanness in her and you could write her a certificate of divorce. The other school of thought stated that, no, the uncleanness has to be like infidelity. you know. And so they brought the matter to Jesus and said, well, what do you say, Jesus? And this they really did to test him. They were trying to entrap him. And so he said in Matthew 19, 4, he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. And they said to him, well, why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away. They were referring to this passage in Deuteronomy. He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. So I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced, commits adultery. So God did permit, through Moses, a man to divorce his wife because of the hardness of hearts. However, you can't ever say that it is God's ideal. And if you think it's okay to put her away, then Jesus would say, truly, you are committing adultery by doing this and causing her to commit adultery. Now, we should say that Jesus does give an exception here. There is a permissible reason to divorce, and that is for marital infidelity. However, just because that does happen, just because one partner has been unfaithful does not mean you have to go to divorce. I, I like what's been said. It can be grounds for divorce, but it could also be grounds for forgiveness. Verse 5, when a man has taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war or to be charged with any business. He shall be free at home one year and bring happiness to his wife whom he has taken. Now, I don't think it's any accident that Moses put this right next to the passage about divorce. Because how do you avoid divorce? Well, here's how. Happy wife, happy life. And so this man didn't even have to go out to war. He could take a whole year to spend with his wife to make her happy. And it would be a safeguard against adultery and divorce. And not only that, but because there was no birth control in those days, chances were that they would begin their family during this time. Verse six, no man shall take the lower or the upper millstone in pledge, for he takes one's living in pledge. Now in every Israelite home, a small milling machine would be a basic and essential appliance. And each morning the wife would use it to prepare flour to provide the family with daily bread. So if you took away their millstone, then you're basically taking away their livelihood. Verse 7, If a man is found kidnapping any of his brethren of the children of Israel and mistreats him or sells him, 
then the kidnapper shall die and you shall put away the evil from among you. Really, for somebody to kidnap someone is to steal their life, and not only their life, but also the lives of their family members who are then searching to try to find the one that's been taken from them. And so this was a capital offense, and the kidnapper would be put to death. Take heed in an outbreak of leprosy that you carefully observe and do according to all that the priest, the Levite, shall tell you just as I commanded them, so you shall be careful to do. Remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam on the way when you came out of Egypt. Leprosy was really a picture of sin in the fact that just as leprosy started out small and gradually infected the entire person and caused the flesh to become numb and then ultimately to be destroyed, so sin infects the person, starts out small, but ultimately destroys the entire person. And the person who had leprosy was considered to be unclean. They had to be separated from the rest of the community. Now, Moses gave great details for the leper in the day of his cleansing back in Leviticus chapter 14. Leprosy was incurable, so if a leper was cleansed, it was a miracle. But they were to go through a process to be restored in the community, and Moses is just reminding them of that here. Make sure you do according to all that the priests teach you. Jesus actually endorsed this when he cleansed the leper, and he said, now go back to the priests as a witness to them that God has cleansed you miraculously and do what Moses commanded you to do. Verse 14, you shall not oppress a hired servant who is poor and needy, whether one of your brethren or one of the aliens who is in your land within your gates. Each day you shall give him his wages and not let the sun go down on it, for he is poor and has set his heart on it, lest he cry out against you to the Lord and it be a sin to you. And so there's always been this labor abuse by the boss against the employee, you know, or the master against the slave. And, and God said, don't do that. If they're a hired servant, then the laborer is worthy of his hire and you need to pay him at the end of the day because he's poor. He can't go a week between paychecks. And if you don't do that, then he's going to cry out to me. And you find that the poor, the widow, the orphan, the stranger, they have the ear of the Lord. If they cry out to the Lord, the Lord's going to come after you, you see. Verse 16, fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers. A person shall be put to death for his own sin. So the idea, everybody is accountable to the Lord for himself. You shall not pervert justice, do the stranger or the fatherless, nor take a widow's garment as a pledge. But you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I command you to do this thing. So don't pervert justice for the stranger or the orphan or the widow. Give them justice. Remember them. Don't take away the widow's garment as collateral. She's going to need it to keep herself warm at night. Uh, remember the fact that you were slaves in Egypt. You had nothing. And yet I redeemed you from there. Just as I was compassionate toward you, you be compassionate toward those who are poor. Verse 19, when you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, 
and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you beat your olive trees, you shall not go over the boughs again. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. When you gather the grapes of your vineyard, you shall not glean it afterward. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. And you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you to do this thing. And so really, God had an amazing welfare system where they could only go through one time during the harvest and get whatever was ripe, and they were to leave everything else. They were not to harvest all the way to the corners of their field. And this would be for the poor to come through, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow. It gave them dignity because they could go through and they could have their own little mini harvest. And they're working for it, you know. And they are able to provide for their own needs. And God's going to bless you as the, as the landowner for being generous to the poor. And then he said, remember, you were slaves in Egypt. You had nothing. I brought you out of there and I've given you this land. And so you need to be merciful toward others as I have been merciful toward you. And that's the whole idea. Whether it's divorce or charity or the way we treat our employees, we're to remember to be gracious and compassionate and merciful, not to harden our hearts toward one another because that's how God is toward us. And he wants us to be imitators of him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Moses gives various laws about justice, family, business, and warfare to the house of Israel. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible.